Hello and welcome to Glastocast, the unofficial Glastonbury Festival podcast. I am Miguel and I'm joined by Jesse. Hello, Jesse. How are you? Hey, Miguel. I'm good. So good to hear your voice again. Excited to be back. Let's do another episode. Woohoo! Uh, speaking of woohoo, where is your level of excitement for Glastonbury at at the moment? Oh my god, we are like, what, eight weeks, nine weeks away, something like that? It really is. I mean, every year it creeps up and you get excited, but my god, just these poster drops and everything, I am so excited. It's basically all I can think about at the moment, and yeah. Not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, it's true. Every new update just got me going. It definitely is ramping up the excitement to the festival. Well, in this episode, we'll have a chat with the Glastonbury statistics expert, the Glastothingy. Yup, he accepted our invite. A very active member of the online Glastow community, he will tell us about his story with the festival and his quest to document and find out if there's a pattern with the official announcements. I am so impressed, Miguel. We've got the Glasto thingy. Like, he's one that we've mentioned, you know, and we've been talking about between just me and you for ages. We're like, we've got to get him on the podcast. But he finally said yes. Yay. For some reason, and maybe you'll find out about this when we talk to him, we always thought that he wouldn't accept to come to, to the podcast. But yeah, it happened. So we're going to have a conversation with him. Yeah, his anonymity has been broken. Well, no, he still doesn't tell us his name, I will say. But <laughs> yes, his anonymity has been broken somewhat. And yes, we've got to speak to him live. So I'm happy about that. So speaking about all the excitement, uh, Jesse, how great it was to have a episode launch day again. Oh, it was so good. I mean, it just reminded me of those, you know, when we first launched the podcast and like we were getting so much good feedback and it was just so wild to think that people were, you know, on their commutes or on a road trip or whatever and they were listening to our voices in their ears and things um yeah it'd been ages since we'd launched an episode so you know we were a bit nervous about well just you know not is the audience still there but you know our twitter account had been quiet for ages our instagram hadn't had anything posted for like two years so you know it was kind of nervous posting out a new episode but yeah the response we've got has been amazing loads of people you know messaging us directly and 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 you know sharing our sharing our episode and stuff and it's been fab so thank you everyone it's been so exciting i used to love uh, our launch days and it's been so long and uh, and you know uh something that we even talked with captain in the last episode we mentioned about this hiatus and as far as a pause on everything so we were wondering how it's going to be and i think even he yeah. mentioned when he was building the lineups like there wasn't any gigs of some sometimes you need gigs to find out about new people so and and of course we end up going a bit quiet the twitter account was so active so it was really great to to come back and see that yeah people people are still listening to us I love that. <laughs> captain needs gigs to book a lineup we need a glastonbury to make a podcast basically. <laughs> yeah yeah in a way uh and I think it was quite interesting uh, since we launched the episode. I've been fi finding tidbits of discussions around the forums, uh, not just on Glastor uh, Glastonbury forums, because the discussion with him will end up being a bit uh, wider than just Glastonbury. We learned not so much of what happened behind the scenes. So I've been finding some people discussing, oh, you, you hear that episode? Uh, it was so interesting, this and that. So this was an interesting part of the episode. But of course, the focus was the lineup of Glastonbury. And uh, have you added any new artists into your to 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 watch list at the festival jesse <laughs> yeah i mean i i came out of that conversation with captain thinking right okay there's you know probably i think there were at least 10 people that i need to check out 
I'll admit I still haven't actually finished that list. Um, I'm maybe I just haven't had enough time to listen to music, you know, properly rather than just put it on the background. But there are a couple that I sort of jumped into and I'm really excited for. One of which is Black Midi, which Captain mentioned a few times. And yeah, I think I think as Black Midi was the first one he mentioned to me when I said I'm a bit of a rock girl. So I was sort of like, oh, I wonder what wonder what this is about. It wasn't what I was expecting, but I am really into it. I think the first time I listened to one song, I was like, uh, and I just went by like the Spotify, you know, like top song basically. But I'm getting into them now. And then the other band was Amel and the Sniffers, which is like another one that I've actually listened to a good chunk of. Um, and that's she's the sort of well, it's an Australian kind of I guess punky rock band. Uh, female fronted but both Black Midi and Amal and the Sniffers like as much as I'm enjoying them like I like them listening on Spotify I can tell just by the kind of music that they play and from what Captain said obviously that they are going to be awesome live and I think that once I've seen them live I'm going to be they're going to be like a band that I love rather than just a band that I like both of them so super into both of those at the moment and then i've got way more on my list i still need to go for how about you miguel amazing yeah that's great uh yeah black meat is a band i've been following for some time i watched them uh, at a uh, festival already but it will be interesting to see how the gig is gonna go at glastonbury uh from new acts i think i think this is exactly what you said uh, and again i I really enjoyed the conversation with Captain and I keep going back and referring to it. Uh, he put a, uh, something that he kept banging on about is how the, uh, those bands, they're going to deliver. They're going to deliver a live act. They're a live act band. Mm. And then from the suggestions that he, I think he was giving to you as well. I mean, uh, one that I went to check and I think it is I definitely going to enjoy watching this live is Warm Doucher. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a similar vibe, what you just said. Maybe listening to their music or on you know, Spotify. Uh, okay. I'm not so sure. But when I went to YouTube and started looking for live, performances like yeah this this is gonna be a blast at the festival <laughs> i think more than that i think what changed me since listening to captain is uh well i do have a lot of bands i want to see at you know uh from the main poster already i was very excited but at the same time i was feeling a bit uh whelmed let's say i was looking at the poster and like why i feel like i'm missing something <laughs> whelmed well just yeah whelmed. just well not- yeah not overwhelmed. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> and I and I kept asking myself why. And then one, I think one reason is because I kind of take many boxes already of live backs. I've seen I've seen everything I wanted to see. And even though I'm following new music, I end up watching them at gigs in London already. So I think it was lacking that. I think every year Glastonbury does at least one band. Okay, if I only watch this this one band. The festival is already amazing for me, so I, it, that gets me more excited. So whatever happens will happen. And I realized I was missing this, which is silly. And I think it's what Captain kind of mentioned, how people put a lot of weight on the headliners, uh, even though there's so much more. So he kind of brought me back after, after when I was editing the episode that I realized this. I was putting weight, not necessarily on the headliners, but but now he turned my, my head around and like, wait, I have so many bands I want to watch and I'm going to be happy seeing any of this so many bands. So uh, uh, more, I'm more than ever, I'm more excited by the lineup and thinking that maybe it's going to be the best Glastonbury ever. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm glad Captain fulfilled his purpose of getting us yeah. excited about the lineup, hey? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's especially as new recent developments since we recorded that episode. And even after since we recorded the conversation with the thing that we're going to listen soon, we had some new posters uh, have been put out by the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that was, you know, I... I you look at the main 
original poster lineup right and and everybody says oh there's loads of names to come and yeah 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 it we've had what avalon we've had um silver haze yeah we've had just had arcadia and also had... not just music that was a theater and circus i think right oh uh, yeah uh, theater and circus yeah there's been a, like a number of stages now announced um glasto latino has been announced and stuff as well true but like particularly when you look at silver haze and um arcadia like I, I said to Captain, you know, there was Fortet and Bicep on the main poster. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about other sort of electronica like, or just dance, you know, DJs? And look what there was to come. My God, there are so many names on those two posters that I would have thought would have been on the main poster. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not... They're not like small artists that no one's heard of. It they are big, big names that were not on the main poster. Yeah, so yeah. God, I'm just so excited for all the rest to come. Yeah, I love the other posters. I think they really bring home the the idea that the Glastonbury is just so many festivals in one because you look at a single poster for one area and like, yeah, this this in itself is a festival. If this was your weekend, you you sort it, but then there's everything now. So uh, oh, I always sure. go with a mixed group of people who have been before, or some or some of going for the second time, and some are veterans. So it's is so for me, it's quite interesting to see the different reactions. And I think the ones who are about to go to the first Glastonbury are now feeling that when they see the new the the area post, like. Okay, is where, what is this? What is this poster? This is not the festival. <laughs> oh no, this is there. And then you show them, yeah, this is there, and it's it's just this spot on the map. There's everything else surrounding yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you say, it is like probably ten, twelve festivals all just kind of squidged in next to each other. You know, um, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, oh, so happy. Uh, and big news is that the spider's back, which I'm very excited about. Even though it's a shame that maybe we're missing the Pangea develop uh, another year or two, but uh, it is what it is. I guess it's just one of the things that got affected by the forced cancellations. So let's see if they're going to bring new developments for Arcade Spider. And maybe they have all these years to plan something else. And quite excited to see when uh, if there's new information coming out soon about their plans. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really amazing to see if they're doing a, you know, for me, I'm hoping for a bigger spider because it's, you know, it is quite difficult to get under there if it's a busy act. So yeah, the, particularly the, with some of the artists on those on that lineup. My yeah, God, the lineup is massive. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm glad they've sort of announced that. Um, but yeah, it's it, that's one of the things that we actually discussed with the thingy in a minute, as as Miguel mentioned. Yeah, we recorded our chat with the thingy you know a, a few days ago from now um and one of the things we talk about is arcadia and the spider but we now know and it's, it's true yeah back. how exciting yeah it's a shame that we couldn't uh record this conversation before because one of the questions we put out to the thing is the lineup is is out what can we expect next <laughs> sadly we are hearing some of that before we the episode is out but oh well that we're still gonna learn everything about the the man himself Oh, and I mean, the thingy will tell you that, you know, this time of year, things happen like Glastonbury News is yeah. coming every day. So, you know, it was always going to happen. Great. So moving on. Uh, and actually, before we get to the chat with the thingy, we need to share an update with you guys. I'm sure you probably noticed already. It's just Jesse and myself here today. We're missing our lovely Rob. And sadly, this is going to be our <laughs> reality moving forward. Uh, Rob is leaving his 
co-host duties uh, because as uh, if you listen to our last episode, he had better things to focus on. <laughs> Maybe he had before, but now he's going to use his free time for his family. Yeah, and you know, Rob was a busy man beforehand. He's a fireman in in, in real life, so um, he, he was already quite hard to pin down. And bless him, you know, now he quite rightly has to concentrate on his daddy duties. So, but. You know, I'm sure that post-festival Rob will want to come on and chat to us. I'm very sure that he will be a regular guest or like he'll regularly leave us some voice notes or updates to add to the podcast. So yeah, we, we miss him. But from now on, it's me and Miguel. And it, this hopefully means that we'll be able to get more podcasts out to you. That's our plan, basically. Definitely a couple more before the 2022 festival happens. Absolutely. Yeah, the microphone will, will always be open for Rob anytime he wants to come and contribute. And as just to say, moving forward, uh, the two of us will continue the podcast. But that means that more than ever, we are looking for your contribution. So we also open the microphone for you. We're already in conversation with a couple of people. So we've got some, you know, future episodes sort of in the making. But we would love to hear from you in whatever way is best for you. So please feel free to drop us an email. The email address is hello at glastocast.co.uk. We can get you to send in a voice note that you record in your phone and then we can just play it. Or if you want to, if you've got a big story to tell and you want to come on and have a chat, we can, of course, arrange that. We've got a really good remote set up that we can chat to you on and yeah just keep the stories coming tweet us if you want we'll read out some shout outs all of that good stuff we want it to be you know as much the podcast for you as well as well as just us two you know relentlessly discussing the thing that we love the most but yeah let's let's get some contributors um by the way jess i think we actually have some shouts to read for this episode <laughs> So yes, we've had some awesome tweets come in for some shout outs and I'm going to try and do them justice and read them out now. Forgive me in advance for getting use, pronouncing usernames wrong and things. But So firstly, we've got Reg the Hedge, uh, whose Twitter handle is Reggie1Kenobi. There you go. Uh, and Reg says, can I have a shout out? It will be my 10 years Glastonbury anniversary this year and my wingman Ron Don's five years Glastonbury anniversary 22nd of June can't come quick enough. So that's Reg the Hedge and his wingman, Ron Don. <laughs> Great names here. The next shout out is from Crates. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It, his, his Twitter name is at Cratinho, uh, but it's not with a C. Anyway, he has said it's A.T. Jennings 88. That's the Twitter username. So it's A.T. Jennings first ever Glasto, and he doesn't quite know it yet that he will fall in love with the best place on the planet. Give him a shout out. I absolutely love that. It is the best place on the planet. Completely agree. And then we've got these two little tweets, which are quite sweet. They go back to each other. So firstly, Glastopia was, you know, agreeing with someone else and saying, the Glasto community has been my saving grace these last few years. Uh, and then he said, also, I would like to shout out the lovely Martin Curtis 01 for being a true Glasto Twitter friend. If you see him on his Glasto tractor, then don't forget to wave. Got some nice emojis there. And then Martin replied uh, saying, 100% yes. I only really found all the amazing Glasto Twitter peeps in 2020. And I'm so happy that I did. It's been fab and fun. 
thank you for the introduction. So that's quite cute. They sort of were saying hello and shouting at each other, which was sweet. And actually, there's one last shout that we want to share, and it's the one that triggered this whole conversation about how important it was the online community of Glastonbury lovers in these last years. And it's the one sent by Glastobation, which is quite funny to say it out loud. <laughs> but yeah, we love it so much that instead of us reading it, we got in touch with him and he sent us an audio clip. So let's hear it from Glastobation. Hi, it's Terry or Glastobation on Twitter. Um, I've been going since 2013 and I'm lucky enough to live near the festival site. But if I want even more Glastonbury, I can always turn turn to my Twitter account. And it's um, Glastonbury Twitter that I've given a shout out to, really. Over the last couple of years in particular, when um, we've been deprived of the festival and life's been a bit miserable, it's been a really good place to turn to. Either when something just pops into my head and I sort of want to get it out there, I want people to talk about the same thing that I'm thinking about and it's just really nice people talk and there's all the other accounts on there that keep the conversation going and it's really good for obsessives like me and the many others on twitter to be able to be involved in conversation all the time so my shout out goes to them and extra love to those that don't even have a ticket yet constantly get involved in the conversation i don't know how you do it um other than that i'm looking forward to seeing you guys in the fields and having a dance and getting pissed in june i'll see you then bye bye Oh, I love that message. And, uh, you know, Jesse, I always wonder how is it for the occasional listener, not the occasional listener, but our listener who really doesn't get involved on all things Glastonbury throughout the year. Uh, how is it for them listening to our podcast when we keep mentioning all these usernames and Twitter handles? Because everyone, that's how we refer to each other. Even when we met before, you were like, where's my tent? And Rob was all things Glasto. I was Glasto360. So I don't know if they get lost listening to our podcast, but it, <laughs> it, it is what it is. We started the podcast. I mean, we did the first series that was for you who was going for the first time to learn everything about Glastonbury and get ready to make the most of it hoping that when you were there you would fall in love and come back and become one of us if you're lost right now and you're about to go into your first Glastonbury come back to this episode be part of the community and then everything's going to make sense maybe there's some internal jokes you've been missing and some references to some things so yeah that this is what is happening here it's a big community we created a podcast to to be part of it to give back to say thanks I was going to say, like, you know, when we used to do our meetups at Glasgow in, like, 2010, sorry, 2012 and stuff, like, we, uh, maybe not 2012, sorry, there wasn't a festival then, you know what I mean, 2010, 2011, something like that, we used to have to go to these meetups with, you know, uh, hi, my name is stickers on us, but instead of having our actual name, we used to have our Twitter handle on there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that is that's we just knew each other as that, and it was so weird putting like faces to Twitter handles and stuff. So if you do go to Glastow and you love it, then Twitter is a great place to get involved because the conversation is happening year round. Efest as well. You know, I've mentioned it before, but just a shout out to their their forums are always super active year round, and it's not just. I mean, the Glastonbury Forum is the best forum, let's be honest, but they have forums for like all different festivals around the UK and just kind of general festival chat as well. That's a good place to be. Um, yeah, it's a fun community and this podcast is just one small piece of it. And yeah, and that's exactly where we went to invite the guests for this episode. That's uh, the Glastow thingy. We recorded this conversation a few days ago and I'm sure many of you from the forums and Twitter are very curious to hear directly from him and maybe learn some curiosities and how he started the whole project. So let's hear a conversation.
Emily Evis once tweeted, had a feeling you may have the stats. So we are very happy to have you with us today to find out what's coming next for Glastonbury 2022 firsthand. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Hello, thank you very much. Thanks for the invite. Uh, first things first, uh, since we start planning the podcast on um, the first episodes, uh, Jesse, Rob and I, we've been discussing who else we can bring together. We always wanted to invite other members of the community. And your name would always come first, your Twitter handle, actually. That's where I'm getting at. We always made the assumption then that maybe he wants to keep it secret. He doesn't want to reveal himself too much. So my first question to you is, are we calling you the thingy or you have a name to give us? I would stick with the thingy. Um, oh, I love that. I, I'm happy with that. Yeah, stick with that. I, you know, I'm, you know, a, a number of people who go know me and I've met them, uh, you know, have meetups, that sort of thing. I perhaps tweet a little too much during work hours to put that on my name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, makes sense. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that that works wonderfully for us. Uh, of course, you're going to have to, when we release this conversation, please, please give a thumbs up on Twitter to confirm that it's actually you. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> you know what when we when we were planning for this i i genuinely thought you might come on with one of those little voice changer you know devices or something like that i love it but anyway we're really happy to have you and we'll happily call you the thingy even if it's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> that's great so uh basically uh every time we have a guest on we like to start with a uh, default question which is what's your glastonbury story so if you want to give us a rundown or the when was the first time you went to the festival how did you end up there were you already going to other festivals did you try tickets for some time uh did you fell in love right away you've been going since i'm i'm, put, I'm dropping a lot of questions just to kind of give you uh some guidance so what just a quick summary if you can give us how you started at Glastonbury. Okay, so I was a bit of a late developer, really, and I didn't go for the first time until 2010, uh, which was a good year to start, you know, perfect weather that year. A good lineup, all, you know, everything sort of lined up for that. I had a few friends who were going, and they broke this to me after the initial sale, so I didn't know they were going. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get a ticket as well. So I um, managed to get some late on in the uh, resale for that year. And that was it. I was off to my first one. I used to go to a lot of other festivals back in the 80s, like Donington and Reading. Uh, but back then, I never really fancied Glastonbury because uh, the lineups just didn't appeal to me. But we'll now tell everyone that, you know, you, the lineup doesn't matter. But to me then at that stage... Yeah, it just didn't look the sort of thing I'd want to go to. So, yeah, I was hooked after that first one. I've been lucky enough to get tickets to everyone since then, um, including doing a few of my own. 2011, I went on my own. Uh, 2014, I planned to go on my own, uh, but ended up meeting with a lot of other people who were also doing the same thing uh, through eFestival's um, forum. Uh, so there was a group that met up, everyone who was going on their own, well not everyone, a lot of people going on their own, met together, uh, camped together. Um, and since then, I've uh, been meeting up every year, both at the festival and away from it. Um, lifelong friendships have been made, there's even been a wedding. So hi Camp Ralph, if you're all listening, which I hope you will be. Uh, we have people who come from all over the UK and Ireland and even one intrepid person uh, who ventures over from California. So this year I'm going with both my sons. The youngest is making his debut. It's his first trip. Me and the older one will be going down early-ish on Thursday. Uh, so we're going down Tuesday night. Um, 
we don't sleep in the queue. We haven't got to that stage yet, though I am <laughs> sort of tempted, but uh, we won't be doing that. Join the queue very early. Uh, then we'll be setting up in panes and holding space for as long as we can for the rest of Camp Ralph to arrive um, see if we can get us all in in the one place together and then my younger son's coming down by coach on the Thursday so yeah that's my plans for this year when I started perfect that's, that's amazing that's fantastic yeah, yeah you mentioned 2014 it feels like it was a year a lot of things got started for you and I know I think I mentioned this to you on Twitter 2014 was a really important year for me as well which is, was the only year I couldn't get tickets in the sale but then mm. I, I went and applied to volunteer and I ended up going on my own and I, I think it probably was one of the best years I had at Glastonbury and I met a lot of people not from forums on Twitter at that time even though I used to read and, and follow conversations but I think that's what kick-started then my idea to then become more active because I went by myself and ended up making a lot of friends and I kind of wanted to be part of that and tell people that you can go on your own because I think it's an often question that you see uh, someone who was able to buy tickets by themselves only and they kind of ask, I'm going along, what should I do? And that's what it led really to where we are right now <laughs> in, in terms of yeah, Twitter and, and, and podcast. That's it. It's a really good way to do it actually in that you haven't got to hang about or wait for anyone or make any other plans. You just <laughs> yeah. go and do exactly what you want. So sorry to any mates who are listening to this. I really have a great time when I go with you, but on my own as well. I, that 2011 especially, I saw so many acts that, yeah, I just went from stage to stage and just, you know, there's no... Um, we've always, when I've gone with my mates, we always, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, do you want to see these? No, I'll see you later. And that's yeah. it. You know, we don't have any issues like mm. that. You know, some people have rows over who they're going to go and see and that. There's <laughs> none of that. But that, just being able to do exactly what you wanted on your own when you wanted to, it's, a, it's quite a freeing experience. And you do get to chat to people, especially in the big crowds I found down the front of the pyramid waiting for the acts. There's always people to talk to. So, yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, my next question was really going to be, like, how do you Glastonbury? But I guess you've basically mentioned that, like, your plans for this year and, you know, loving being at the solo and also not. But I guess, have you have you always been in a tent? Have you ever done any kind of glamping or camper vanning? You know, have you got your, like, ultimate camping set up now? Do you do much planning before you go? Like, obviously, I'm guessing with all your you know, stats and statistics and dates and et cetera, and looking at the lineup so intensively, et cetera. Just wondering, like, how how planned are you and things like that? Is, is there any more, you know, details around that? Yeah, so I've always been on a tent within uh, the festival grounds itself. Uh, the first year I went, uh, the friends who booked the tickets, they were staying in an off-site glamping place. So I used to walk up to where they were and walk back down again every day to go and meet them. And yeah, it looked very nice. They had showers, they had their own bar and that, but I think I prefer being in amongst it. Um, even though, you know, you're losing sleep and <laughs> it's, uh, you haven't got all the comforts at home, but I like that being in amongst, I think, yeah, uh, the noise. Depends who your neighbours are. It can be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> haven't had any ads at um, Glastonbury, but I've had a few nightmare neighbours at other festivals. And But yeah, being, being in amongst it, I'd rather have that. Planning it out, I I, I do obviously do uh, Clash Finder, um, after, like most people do. Um, put one of those together, plan out who I'm going to see. Um, listen to as many bands as I can beforehand um, to maybe find some new acts to listen to or to go and see. 
I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. Uh, Brave Sir Robin does a brilliant Glastonbury Spotify um, playlist, which is, uh, he bases it on the set lists for the acts rather than what their most popular songs on um, Spotify are. So you, you get a good flavour of what you know, they're actually going to do. Uh, so I go through that list um, often very quickly going on to the next act. After a few seconds, you can tell this isn't for me. I'm <laughs> moving on to the next one. So I'll, I'll plan that out. So I'll know which bands I really want to see. I try to make sure I have some time um, to, to go to the theatre and circus fields to have a wander around there. So I'm not just doing bands all day. And yeah, just take it from there. To try to stick to the plan as much as I can. I don't want to come away with, oh, we should go to them. But there's always the distractions of Glastonbury, isn't there? You're watching something nuts with four other people when you're missing one of the bands you really had your, you know, your eye on that you wanted to get to. So, yeah, I spend a lot, I'll be up early watching the sort of earlier bands as well. The, uh, the one starting at 11 o'clock. Um, as anyone who knows me will tell you, I'm not one for dance music at all. So a lot of the late night stuff doesn't appeal it's all lost on me it looks nice sounds awful um so i'm more likely later on to be found in places like the avalon cafe or the cabaret tent uh, i love mavericks i don't know if you've ever been in there uh different type of late night entertainment um it's like a small cabaret stage uh, there's chairs tables you might even get a free drink the odd cocktails they'll give away that that's a good mm. good way to spend the evening um yeah i like it in there but i'm not someone who is still going at three and four in the morning in the temple <laughs> that's not for me yeah. other people in our camping group yes not me <laughs> and i guess a continuation of this same subject uh we always at least us we always discuss we have these rituals that we do every year at glastonbury that uh after we're looking of going back to the farm that's something that we, we want to do again or even if it's that small moment of after you've uh, you set up your tent and then you open a first drink do you have any anything you always look forward or anything or something that you like i ha i have to do this every year yeah that's that's The, one of the main things to do is don't open your beer until your tent's up. <laughs> so always have that one. First beer is normally as I'm pumping up my airbed. Um, one I always do, I always try and get to Hobo in the Avalon Cafe. Uh, Hobo Jones in the junk, uh, in the Avalon, sorry, Hobo Jones in the junkyard dogs. That's mm -hmm. a, um, sort of seems a bit of a tradition for us. Uh, we'll always go to that one. So yeah, it's in. Set the tent up, wait for the others to arrive and then go for a wander off around the site. Have to walk up the hill to buy the sign and the flags sometime on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Look out over the site. Uh, good to be back again. And I think that's it. I, I try to mix it up. So I'm not doing the same thing every year, but I, I tend to find it. I basically just repeat the festival with a few different bands. Yeah, it, you mentioned the sign, and we always joke with Jessie that she has never been to the sign, but she's. she's <laughs> she, uh, we haven't released in the, that while in the time of this chat now. We haven't released a new episode, but she 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 promised that she's gonna do, go there this year. Is that is that something? that you have never done at Glastonbury that you're still looking forward to, or you say, oh, I'm going to do this this year, but it never ends up happening. Sorry, sorry, sorry to put you on the spot as well, Jesse, again. No, no, uh, <laughs> I, um, no, I don't think so. I, I tend to have done most of the things I want to. Every year I say I'm going to have a Bloody Mary for breakfast and never do, so maybe <laughs> I'll do that uh, this time. But I, I think of the, I'm not sure how many it is now, eight maybe that I've been to. I think I've covered 
or the ground and want to. It's now just, yeah, get, going back. Hopefully there'll be something new we'll go and see. Yeah, that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, I was just going to say, Miguel, like, honestly, I was going to try and let us get past this without mentioning the fact that I haven't been up to the sign. If anyone's <laughs> playing the Glastocast bingo card of how many times are we going to mention this across the episode, <laughs> we've got to be up there on five, six times. I will get there this year. I will take the picture. I will put it on the Twitter and everyone will clap clearly. I was going to ask uh, the thingy, have you been to the Underground Piano Bar, which is one of the other ones that we talk about that I have not yet been to? Yeah, I've never been there. I've been there and seen as far as the queue. I don't like to queue up for anything at Glastonbury if I don't need to. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought, is it going to be worth it? I don't know. So I just go, I go no, no, don't bother. I do agree with that because if, if I think about things I haven't done or if, that it took a, a couple of editions for me to do, usually involve things that I have to queue for. So I understand what you're saying. For for instance, one that what's in my list now that I think maybe then I will have everything complete is I've never been to the rabbit hole and mm. to the NYC down low, which is more on the north, naughty corner side of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always do the down low because I don't mind queuing for that. I mean, it is, it sometimes is absolutely mega, but yeah, the rabbit hole and stuff. I totally agree. You see a queue. I think me and my friends usually just go, look, let's commit. Let's wait 15 minutes and see how far we get. And then, you know, if we've moved quite far, then great. If we haven't, then we'll sack it off. But it's just one of those things you have to go, have I got a beer for the queue? Am I with people that I can converse with in the queue? <laughs> I don't know. You know, let's talk around, let's make friends. I don't know, those kind of things. Yeah. I think the only time I've ever queued up for something was E-Rake Express the first year. That was there when they had the train. Oh, parade. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Queued up for um, when that was opening and they were late opening, so we were standing there for a while. But it was, it was quite fun in that uh, people kept coming up to us. And obviously it's in the, the naughty corner, whatever you want to call it. And there's a lot of people there for dance acts. And they'll come up and go, oh, what are you queuing for? What's on? Thinking it was some secret dance act or something. And we said, oh, it's Glenn Matlock. And they just sort of look at me like I was insane. Go, you know, he was the bassist in the Sex Pistols. And then they just shake their heads and walk away. So that was <laughs> the time. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I gathered from your... Um you know, saying that the festivals you went to in the 80s, 90s, like Donington and Reading, etc. I was going to say, you sound like me, came from kind of a rock background and we're like, no, you know what? Glastonbury is too much, too much. It's not really my thing. And then obviously once you've been, you realise that's not the case. But yeah, I was the same when Earache Factory started. I was like, yes, we've got a metal corner. Excellent. Yeah. You know, so it was good. Well, metal punk, whatever you want to call it, but it was good fun. Um, I, I guess, you know, let's, let's, let's turn to who you are and what you do, which you've touched on, I guess. But um, so when did you start your Twitter account? Me and Miguel were, were just reminiscing about this before you joined um, joined the call. And we were like, I remember your Twitter account exploding overnight almost. Um, but yeah, when, when, when did that start and kind of, you know, what inspired you to create it, I guess? What, what made you go, you know what, I'm going to start posting about this has happened before and these are the dates, et cetera. Yeah, um, there's probably quite a story uh, behind that, but I could, yeah. So it was something that started on eFestivals again on the Glastonbury chat forum. So as you'll know, the first thing anyone wants to know once they've got a ticket is when is the lineup at? So that question is asked all the time by especially newbies to it. So a lot of the time on the forum, someone would be asking that. So someone started a list of dates, so we could just say this is when it was. That expanded with a few more things going in. People were 
doing a bit of digging around the internet to use some of their give them a shout out i suppose some of their efest usernames beaver 89 was one brave sir robin who have mentioned to us the playlist he was involved uh, Duke Icon, who is the font of all Glastonbury knowledge. So that they put a lot of effort, um, effort into it. Uh, then there was another user. I, I think it was Jay Barber, but I'm not sure on that. Apologies if I'm wrong. They put this list into the blog part of the site. So from then on, if anyone asked, when is the lineup out? They'd be pointed at the list. But the thing was, people couldn't remember where the list was. So then someone would say, okay, when's the lineup out? The next post would nearly always be, where's the lineup thingy? And that's where the name comes from. Amazing. The lineup thingy. That's all, and that's why it's such a stupid name, but that's where it started from. Um, so eventually someone suggested making a website for it so it was easy to find, um, easy to point out, to link to. At the time, I was um, in a job where, where I worked away from home a lot and was often sitting bored in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so I made a website with it. Uh, I expanded on what was already there, added more information, put in links to the stories of when the different bits of news came out, put in things um, like the resales, how long it was for a sale before they sold out, all that sort of stuff. So just kept building it up. And then a bit later, again, stuck in this hotel in the middle of nowhere, uh, I started the Twitter account starting just basically with the on this day stuff and then expanding it to rumours, photo of the day, crap memes, anything like that uh, and anything else that I could find and I think that was 2016 but I'm not certain on that you know when you get this how long you've been posting on Twitter comes up on your feed every now and then Um, I think that's when I started that so yeah it's just sort of gone from there so there's the Twitter one which is the main one I sort of interact on that a lot more than I do uh, on the others. But there's also an Instagram one, which has just gone over 2,000 followers, and a Facebook one, which I really should give up on because I think there's about 20 people follow the Facebook one. And I don't put much effort into that one, just cut and paste things. I mean, yeah, Facebook is a bit of a dying medium, to be honest. So, I yeah, yeah I agree with you there. It, it's funny, again, I, I was just speaking to Miguel about this, and I was like, what I find funny about the name, it's really interesting to hear where it came from. I, I assumed it was from... Um, from e-fests like it, it it almost plays on that so there's always the joke at glastonbury that the second stage is called the other stage because you know people be like oh where's so-and-so playing be like is it the pyramid no 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 it's on the other stage you know and it's kind of like similar thing with the thingy it's like oh you know when's that date that the oh, oh it's on the it's on the thingy check the thingy you know so yeah i just uh, it's interesting to hear where it came from and it was a similar sort of situation but on the forum like who's who's got the link to the thingy yeah <laughs> love that what i also love about all this conversation is how it brings me back to the early days of the internet before social media because we are talking about usernames instead of a people's name yeah. so i i do love that and i think uh i think twitter kind of came to complement quite well what was happening on e-festivals and other groups about Glastonbury, I think Twitter became quite an interesting community as well. Uh, do you think that starting the Twitter account has affected your experience much with the festival and if with the other people? Yeah, I, I guess so. It, it, it's made it more of a sort of all year round thing, I suppose. You know, it's constantly someone discussing something about the festival. It's rare now I pick up my phone and I haven't got a notification of something that's going on. So, uh, yeah, it, and it's it's a nice part of Twitter as well. I've I've got a couple of Twitter accounts, a normal one, 
and the Glastonbury one. And the timeline on my Glastonbury one is generally a lot nicer place to the timeline on my other one, which reflects more the sort of bin fire that Twitter can be. Um, so, you know, people send me stuff, I get news, photos and uh, rumours and just keeps the excitement going, I guess, over the year. Uh, this idea of making a around a year sort of thing is, I think, what's prompted me the idea to do the podcast as well. I think, I think the medium of podcast was coming stronger, and and the whole idea of binge watching and binge consuming. And I thought, like, hey, I I want to also contribute to people who want to talk and discuss Glastonbury all year round. So that's when I approached Jesse and Rob to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of why we started our own accounts before then, wasn't it, Miguel? Like, you know, you had your Glasto 360 yeah. with your amazing um, sort of photospheres and stuff. And like, I know mine was a bit more general and where's my tent. But I mean, it was the love of Glastonbury that inspired me to constantly chat about festivals. But I just tried to make sure that I was chatting about lots of festivals and trying not to be too exclusive. But we all knew that that's the one I wanted to talk about the most yeah. anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess I've got a question. Like, I know this is probably a silly question and Lord knows how you're going to be able to pick this out. But have you got like a favourite statistic that you've uncovered or like, I don't know, is is there like a, a date that always reminds you of a certain Glastonbury thing? Is, is there like something that you always look forward to every year, like a particular tweet that you know that, you know, this is on this day? I don't know. Is, is there is there something that you've posted out that you go, yeah, this is this is my favourite sort of stat or? There's a few things, uh, I guess, really. Um, I, I love the things where weird stuff's happened, like names appearing on the poster and then disappearing again. Um, like Dan, I don't even know, I say D'Angelo, 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 he appeared on the lineup poster during the day in 2016, then vanished again, never to be mentioned. So it just sort of, was he booked? Was it a mistake? What happened? In 2017, um, late in the day after the poster had come out, Liam Gallagher and Leanne Le Havis appeared on the poster and then disappeared again. So I, I like little bits like that. That's always, you know, where someone's probably pressed a button they shouldn't have done. <laughs> and what, what's going on there? I mean, is it just a pointer <laughs> to what's going to happen later? I love that. You can just imagine, like, somebody in the office panicking, basically, yeah. is probably what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I know, which is bad. I shouldn't enjoy that, really, but I do. Sorry, in the office. <laughs> in one who listens. Um but I think the old the older stuff is more fascinating. Um I think I tweeted recently about two thousand and two for a year and just thinking about how that would go down now with what was happening then. The license wasn't granted until late in January, so they didn't even know it was gonna be allowed to go ahead. So and part of that agreement was the introduction of the super fence. Uh, the tickets went on sale towards the end of Feb and they took about 25 days to sell out. And no lineup news was actually published at all until a week before the festival. And then the final headliner wasn't confirmed until the Wednesday of the festival. So back then, most people didn't go until the Thursday. Um, a lot turned up on Friday as well. So they had no idea who one of their headliners was until the day before they left the house. A lot of people also turned up ticketless, thinking they'd be able to get in, only to be faced with a massive fence and extra security. And I'd just like to imagine what social media would be like if that was how it was now. You've bought your ticket. We're not going to tell you till a week before who you're going to see. 
Can you imagine? Yeah, but you know what? The, 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 we did have a conversation with the captain, who is the director of music at Boomtown Fair, and that's exactly the approach they are having for this year. They're released, they're keeping the lineup mostly secret until the almost the time of the festival. So there are people trying things differently, maybe to bring back, maybe to bring back something from the past or try to reduce the impact of social media. Yeah. So it is happening, funny yeah, enough. Yeah, there are people who went even, even earlier than that, so they didn't know who was playing until they got, got on site. So, you know, it's, yeah. I suppose it is going back to that. But, and part of me would like that, but another part of things that I like that chance to listen and discover new artists before I go who were on the bill. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to get home six months later, listen to someone and go, well, these are really good and find out they were yeah, on yeah, a yeah. stage when you were just doing nothing, you know. So, um, yeah, it makes I can sense. see both sides, yeah. You did mention people at the office, and of course, as we said at the beginning, you got a, you've been praised by Emily Evis. How, do you feel you have a certain responsibility now, or, or are are you proud when you are able to dig some information yourself directly from Glastonbury? Yeah, I often wonder what they really think of accounts like mine <laughs> and some of the other when we when we let something out that shouldn't be let out the bag. Are we an annoyance or do we keep the festival in people's minds? Is it, it'd be interesting to, uh, to find that out one day, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Very good questions. Yeah. I don't know. Do they hate us or do they love us or somewhere in between? I'd imagine it's somewhere in between. I mean, we have the same, we, we have the same, you know, not worry concerns. I don't know, but we're like, obviously we, we know we're unofficial, right? And we say that every, every time we do a podcast, we say it right at the beginning. We post it everywhere online, but you do wonder, you're like, God, do the, do the festival know who we are? Like, do they do they, do they like us? Do they hate us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I saw, I don't know if you know, I, I did an April Fool's joke, if you saw it. I said that the ribbon towel was going to be converted into a Helter Skelter. Uh, someone had said that the, the people, maybe not right at the top, or people within the festival who weren't happy about it because... I'd put fake quotes in and fake links and things like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they find it a bit of fun. Maybe they're just like, oh, what's this idiot done? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's let's move forward. Yeah, yeah. We, we go to deep into this subject. Cool. So let's actually speak about the festival this year. And I'm just so happy that I can say that. Like the festival is in two months time. Oh, my God. But anyway, so Glastonbury 2022 um, have you got any new facts and figures for this year? Is there anything that's popped up? Is there anything new that you'll be tracking? Well, there's a couple of things we can say for sure that everyone knows. Obviously, Sticklinch is a new um, tented area that used to be Camper Van West. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes in comparison to where they view. The Beat Hotel has been replaced with something new by the same team. I have been told of one thing that's changing, but been asked to keep it quiet, so I, I won't say anything on that. And after my April Fool's debacle, maybe no one would believe me even if I did. Um, so I'll keep quiet on that one. But I think, yeah, one of the best days of the Glastonbury year is always when the updated map comes out. Um, so hopefully we'll see some new things on there. I love comparing it between this year and last year. Someone always does a GIF where the two overlap each other and you can see what's changed. And also then as the build starts, see if we get any clues. But they've done some stuff around Spike. I think they've made it a bit bigger. Uh, but again, that don't think that's any secret. People who went um, to the campsite last year um, were reporting on that. So, yeah, be interesting to see. 
In our last episode, we discussed the poster and lineup, and I would like to know if you check how... Of course, we had this force hiatus of two years, and I, I feel like this lineup that came out, it has this challenge that uh, people want everyone that was announced in 2020 to play, but they also want to have big and new surprises, which is sort of hard to do. So, but basically, my first question is how the release this year stacked up against 2020. If you check how, how many acts were dropped, how many additions, or uh, the date was when it was announced, the first uh, big announcement of the lineup. Yeah, I, I did announce it and I got, I got it wrong and I tweeted it twice. People kept pointing out names who actually were still on it. So um, we had a look at that. So this year's poster then, what can I tell you? It was the earliest ever poster by eight days um, over 2020 and 11 days earlier than one uh, that actually happened over 2019. 89 names on it, which is the highest number of acts announced uh, since they moved to this format of poster in 2014. So before this, they used to uh, the posters had come out and you'd have which area or which stage the bands were on. From 2014 onwards, it was just like that load of names in no particular order, um, other than the headliners at the top. This year, they've gone with alphabetical, so we've got even less clues as to who's on each stage. So yeah, um, highest number of acts on it apart from last um, 2020 which didn't go ahead there were 41 acts on the poster for 2020 that stayed onto the 2022 poster so we lost 54 along the way so quite a few um that disappeared so as far as that goes yeah not a huge well probably about 50 percent of the um lineup gone from what we'd expected then will any of them appear on the later lineup i don't know i love to be hearing all the facts and numbers directly from you <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the same. I was just thinking the same. You personally, is that a name that disappeared from the poster that, you, that you're going to miss? Not from the poster, but one who was almost certainly going to play, but um, was never officially announced, and that was Aerosmith. Um, I don't know if you remember. They, they self-confirmed, basically, by putting Glastonbury on their, um, their own website twice, 2020 and 2021. The gap was there for 2022, and then they cancelled the tour. And they're doing a residency in Las Vegas instead, which is pretty annoying. I was really looking forward to it. I haven't seen them for a number of years. I was looking forward to that. We we talked about that in the last episode. I said that was the one that really, you know, as as we've said, you know, me from a rock background, I was like, yes, come on, Aerosmith. But yeah, it's a shame. But maybe next year, who knows? Uh, but it's good that you mentioned that because this is another thing that you're able to do. Uh, with your account on Twitter, which is look for for the first spotters and the glass gl- shaped holes on bands' tour dates. How, how does that work? Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, a lot of it, again, as with most of the information I get from, I just find it on e-festivals on the forum there because there's so many people who post on there. And if they find anything, that's the first place they'll put it in. So I try whenever I remember to link back to the forum uh, when they found it on there. So it's... Uh, there's a couple of threads that, which are really good to follow on there. There's a self-confirmed one where people have put the information when someone they've seen that someone's confirmed themselves. And what there's another one which is a good one to follow on what day is someone playing so you can start to figure out who you're going to be able to see and who you're not going to be able to see. So that's when the the acts start putting what, uh, the dates onto their own tour posters and websites and things like that. So it, it's a good place to keep up to that. Now, as the account has got bigger, I do get people sending me um, stuff themselves. So individually, get you know DMs saying, "Have you seen this?" Someone contacted me to let me know that an actor was playing for sure who was linked to them. So 
yeah, it's good. I'm starting to get my own sources. I'm starting to feel important rather than just stealing everything from you festivals. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. And I, I spot the odd one myself. Uh, Jesse Mallon, an act I really like. I'd seen on his Facebook page that he was playing. Um, so I, I get the odd one myself, but not many. I think, as I said, again, I think the tw- uh, Twitter complements a lot uh, e-festivals and you became an important part of that. And as you say, you always cite the sources and that's why I love this Potter's Badge as well. So it, it is it is a good uh, combination of where you get your information from, from uh, about Glastonbury. So when we were getting ready for our next couple of podcasts after our long hiatus of, God, over a year, sorry. But we put we finally got back onto our Glastercast Twitter account and we said, does anybody have any questions uh, or anything they want to say or any shout outs or anything? You replied uh, very cheekily, when does the rest of the lineup come out? Which, of course, is probably a question you get asked all the time. And you are the best person to answer this. So I'm going to turn it back on you. When does the rest of the lineup come out? Right. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are now into the timeline when we can expect to see the individual areas coming out, including one tomorrow. But obviously, by the time that comes out, to me, <laughs> by the time this comes out, that will have already have happened. Um, so, yeah, we're fitting back into the normal sort of time scale. Um, there were 16 different areas announced uh, before the full lineup came out in 2019. So, you know, there's Avalon, Silver Haze, The Common, The Glade, Shangri-La, West Holt, etc. Uh, even the park last time had their own announcement, which was the first time they'd ever done that since the area um, appeared in 2007. You'd then sometimes get a few that come out, sneak out after the lineup. Um, Cineramageddon came out after the lineup in the two years it's been there. Arcadia's done that a couple of times as well. Um, and then you also get some of the smaller stages. They'll announce the lineup, but it doesn't get any sort of fanfare from the official account. So, um, I think the last time Avalon Cafe, Babylon Ra- uh, Rising often does that. So yeah, there's, there's plenty to come out over the next few months. Um, there's a lot that need to be announced. We should then move on to the full lineup with stages and times. Um, Emily posted it will come in June. Um, it's usually late May, early June, so don't see that there's any reason to doubt that. So, yeah, and just to preempt the next question, if I may, if I may uh, one of the things I'm asked most about this when the lineups come out are, are we going to get any big acts, any big names to come? Um, and it's a difficult one to call. Um, had Aerosmith not dropped out, we'd have been saying, yes, there's definitely another big one to come yet. Um, 2017, it had a similar number of acts on the first poster. 56 of those were on the five main stages. Uh, the, sorry, 56 acts that were on the five main stages weren't on the first poster. So, you know, there's still a lot of gaps to fill up on the big, uh, the big stages there. But they were almost all lower down on the bill, so the first few three or four acts on the bill. Apart from the secret set that year, the only real big name was Liam Gallagher. Uh, but as I mentioned before, he'd already sort of been hinted at because he appeared on the poster on lineup day and then disappeared again. So, you know, we sort of knew that was going to happen. Um, so there's still, you know, the possibility of a few new names. Um, you know, we get the old curveball who may not be appearing high up the bill, but is like a sort of, you know, a wow moment. Jeff Goldblum, for instance, 
um, for instance, in 2019. If the guitarist hadn't been hadn't leaked it, I think we could have all said who saw that coming. But that was just a brilliant addition to the lineup. His sound check was one of the highlights of 2019. So before he'd even started <laughs> the show, he was just I don't know if you were there. He was just chatting to the crowd. It was going so well. The woman from the BBC came out and asked him, "Had he started?" So, yeah, I don't think we'll get any other big ones, but potentially the odd name here or there. You, you know, I, I was there at Jeff Goldblum, so I saw yeah. that happening. And then uh, later I, uh, I, I was on Twitter and I saw that you were sort of uh, tweeting and then you released like a video. And then from the end, go like, I think he was next to me. I oh. you. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, so I was very close to the thing. <laughs> I did actually walk past the three of you on the uh, on the railway track. Oh, look at him, Jesse. Oh. You, seemed to, you seemed to be in a bit of a rush to go somewhere. I was like, shall I chase after them? Like, no, no, I'll leave you there. Maybe next time. Next time, I'll definitely chase you. Yeah, do it. I mean, that that Wednesday, if it's when we were thinking, like the Wednesday evening, <laughs> we were walking down the railway track, let's just say at least one of us was really quite worse for wear at that point so probably, probably yeah, a good yeah. thing you didn't say hello to us you had the, the right call yeah yeah and it's always that awkward moment when you introduce yourself by a stupid twitter handle <laughs> so it's like you know uh, um, oh, yeah i mean yeah. we've been part of twisto for years so we've been used to that like oh, right. that's that's always the most awkward thing is when you go up to people and go I'm Jesse Jim Fox, or I'm Where's My Tent? And people go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had similar with that first time. We all met up for the solo campus in 2014. We'd all have to say, well, this is, yeah, I'm this person, and this is my real name. But, yeah. Uh, I think I think you end up uh, touching a lot of the other questions I had in mind. Uh, uh, basically, uh, any predictions about surprises for this year? You're already sort of touch on that subject uh, so maybe I'll, I'll change that a bit and and you of course you'll say there's always like a secret set and last year I think we, uh, last year last edition uh, we had the killers which was quite big yeah no the no the year before that was yeah, they, they, end up, before, yeah. they end up headlining so my I think my question is gonna be if there's anyone who's gonna be do, doing a secret set is that a band that you choose and which stage mm, it's a good one um I would like now that Aerosmith aren't doing it there to be something perhaps similar to replace them uh, but it's who's available there's so many bands touring um, this year uh, and you think oh they've got a space but when you look it means they'd be doing four or five days you know um, on the bounce and a lot of people will say oh but you know surely that doesn't matter I work four or five days a week but the bigger the act the more likely they are to make sure they've got a space between the gigs and there's a massive um, rock festival on in France over that weekend, Hellfest, that seems to have like 90% of the uh, metal bands playing over that weekend. So I don't know who's actually going to be free to, to fill that. Uh, again, going back to the info of e-festivals, uh, Neil has said he's heard Paolo Natini's going to be doing it. Um, whether that'll come out on the, um, on the as an official announcement or he may sneak in as a surprise set. Um, I don't know, so be interesting. I've I've actually got like a, a potential suggestion, and I am more than uh, I know that it's very likely that you're going to tell you're going to have already researched this <laughs> and tell me why it's not going to happen. But I was actually looking at getting simply red tickets for my parents and me to go to, and they have a gap, and they're kind of in the vague area. And I thought 
Simply Red at Glastow would be wicked. Let's get a bit of Mick Hucknall on the pyramid stage as a sort of secret surprise act. I think that would be brilliant. But uh, feel free to now tell me why that is probably not going to happen. But that was one that I thought could could be a possibility. I'd say it's probably not going to happen because they're a truly awful band. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I knew you were going to say that. They, right, okay. I, I agree that they are, like, I mean, cheesy as hell and, you know, but... They've got, I think, a couple of the songs they, would be they've got a few really good okay. for an afternoon. I'll let you have Yeah, that. a couple. I, I remember looking at them when someone suggested them, and I maybe just blanked that out out of hope that they <laughs> wouldn't appear. But, um, I, I again, but a lot of those, when you look at the bands and you go, oh, that'd be terrible, but they'll get massive crowds to go and to see them. Yeah. And there's, um, I don't know if you remember, one of the people off McFly hinted they were going to be there. Um, so that could be similar to when Busted played the Avalon and they might do that but they, they just get absolutely massive crowds don't they so a lot of the ones you think oh that's a bit cheesy people love a bit of cheese at Glastonbury don't they you've only got to look at the legend slot um, to see how that turns out let me let me try the same as Jesse just did my guess for a secret set is uh, Tom York was in the post in 2020 and then he played at live, the live stream uh, recorded mm. the farm with a new band together with Johnny Greenwood, also from her radio hat, The Smile. And so that's the one I'm putting down to. Uh, and he's done in the past, so I think a secret, maybe late afternoon set at the park. Yeah, I've got a feeling um, off the top of my head that they're actually playing somewhere else over the weekend. Um, mm, okay. I have to dig that out. <laughs> I, I think they've been discounted, but I can't. All right, all right. Uh, I, I think it's one of them where there is a potential, but it would mean flying in from another country, doing the set and flying back out yeah, 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 to yeah, another yeah. country. And it sort of goes against the whole ethos, doesn't it? Just flying in for one day. But doesn't mean it won't happen, but I think they were very much doubtful. So that's my guess done as well. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm going to say this and maybe they're on the poster. No, they're not. I'm kind of hoping for Royal Blood to come back because they mm. were so good in 2017. Or 2019, oops. Um, but whichever, they were so, so good. And the thing is, they haven't really released a new album, have they? But um, yeah, no. maybe that's what I'm hoping, maybe from the rock angle, I don't know. Yeah, I think they had a space, didn't they? Because it's, um, it's that whole, um, what day did they do the... In fact, I think it's changed around a few times where they're saying there's a rock act on in the middle of the day. Uh, were they classed as being the one last time? I don't know. Um, yeah. Potential. I think they were they're about. Um, I should have my mm-hmm. um, I should have all my bits of info handy here, ready so we can look at them. But oh no no yeah. no! <laughs> Bless you. We don't, we're treating you like this like encyclopedia of like come on, give us give us d- names and dates for everyone. But yeah, okay. Well, we've made a couple of predictions there. One of which clearly didn't go down very well with my bad music taste. But you know. <laughs> but 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 saying that, Jesse, uh, and the thing there's one last thing we like to ask you. We thought it would be fun to play a, a, a quick fire round. Oh, you just answer the first thing you think about it. If you want to say pass, we won't hold you against you. But if you are you up for it? Yeah, go on. We won't dig into the question, so don't worry. Like we're not what you're not going to give us an answer, and then we'll ask you to expand on it. It is quick fire. Give us your answer. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's so let's do the quick fire round. And uh, I know you like to uh, to keep it things more secret, but. If you just can give me the idea which around each area you camp and why? 
uh, we camp in paint um, it's popular with the rest of the group if it was up to me we wouldn't but for that one I'm willing to give it up it's a good area with people arriving at different times throughout the day um, to be able to hold a space and get us all together and it's quite handy for uh, the park yeah yeah, it's, it's the end of the festival. I don't usually go anywhere near for camping, but yeah, love it. Um, so what is your one essential packing item? Uh, a Lenore bottle. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Those who know, no. I think we leave it at that. Those who know, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, your best time at a headliner? Uh, the Stones, 2013. Best gig ever. Not just best Glastonbury, best gig ever. Perfect. And that, agreed, uh, agreed. And that uh, legend slot? Um, Ray Davis. Ooh, nice. Okay, uh, what is your best, like, food trader overall? If you just had to pick one food trader, what's uh, the one? Lirak Shack. Oh, yes, great shout. Okay, and best meal when you're a little bit hungover in the morning? Um, bacon and egg balm, isn't it? I think it has to be. Yeah. Classic, love that. Uh, your favourite bar at the festival? Avalon. Uh, right, okay, so it's Wednesday. It's about, I don't know, like 11 in the evening. Whereabouts are you right now at the festival? I will be sitting on a bench outside um, the bar in the theatre, um, in the cabaret field, talking to people who I haven't seen since the last festival. Amazing, I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, well, knock on wood, but if the forecast is mud, walking boots or rallies? Uh, walking boots. All right, one for walking boots. <laughs> but it, uh, <laughs> even for 2016 sort of weather? Yeah, in 2016, I wore um, God, what they call muck boots, which are like wellies yeah. but with a zip down the side after having recommended. They were getting pulled off my feet with almost every step. My son was wearing walking boots boots and he just strode through the mud like it was nothing i mean the age difference probably helped but apart from that right. <laughs> he he sold me completely on walking boots brilliant um okay so lastly are you team flag or team no flag at the main stages oh i'm gonna hate myself for this but team flag Hey, I think I'm Team Flag as well. It's totally the Glasgow atmosphere. But it is. Yeah. As long it's, as there's not too many, question, isn't, it? isn't it? It's one of them. If you, I want to be able to see a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they should find a way then to allocate the correct number of flags. Yeah, yeah. as long as <laughs> yeah. I can judge which like, one's allowed. Not, not that guy with the I Heart Sausage flag. He's not allowed anywhere near um, from 2009. Um, anyone else? Uh, and just one flag on per pole as well. You can't have more than one flag. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. Oh yeah, yeah. When people now, stack like four in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Four in a row means you block the whole view. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I agree. We we're gonna save you from the question about people with chairs. That one we we left out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, the, you know, yeah. Do you want an answer? <laughs> up to you. I don't mind them, but if you're then going to stand up and watch a band, fold your chair away instead of leaving that taking up a space and you standing in front of it. There you go. So common sense. Common sense. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Correct answer. <laughs> I think that's all we needed, really. Uh, uh, I'd like to thank you again very much for joining and coming to our podcast. Uh, as I said, that, that your name was there since the start, 
And we, our idea was exactly to start connecting even more with people that go to the festival and, and, and create all these longtime friendships and bring other people in and help newcomers. And I think, I think you're a big part of it and the, the job you do on Twitter and all your collaboration with the other users at eFestival. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you go. What a great conversation with the glass to thingy. We still don't know his name, but now we know his voice. <laughs> There's something. I wonder if he's going to add uh, anything on this podcast into his own statistics. First time I've been to a podcast. <laughs> You know, I actually half expected him to turn up with one of those like voice changer things. I wouldn't have put it past him, to be honest. I thought we were going to be like talking to Darth Vader, basically. You know what? Maybe he did. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe he had some, someone else be presenting. <laughs> we will never know. Maybe the glass Imagine. thing is actually a group of five people or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's a collective. <laughs> no, anyway, we joke. <laughs> but but as 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 I said in the conversation with him, please make sure you retweet and confirm it is actually you. <laughs> and well, I think that's it from us today. We really hope you enjoyed this this episode. And as we say, the microphone is now open to you. And we have a new new plan now that we all we want to end the episode always with the story that you share with us. Yes, our sign off of episodes is now going to be a short Glasto story provided by you guys, the listeners. We really would love to hear your Glasto moments. So if you think you've got a good story, if you want to contribute, you know, ideally keep it short. We're looking for things like you know, a connection you may have had with a stranger or, you know, something you saw in the naughty corner that your friends didn't believe the next morning or maybe you bumped into a celebrity or ended up side of stage. All of this, any any kind of lovely Glastonbury story that warms your heart, please pass that on to us. The easiest way would be to record a voice note on your phone and then send that to us at hello at glastocast.co.uk or feel free to get in touch with us and, and, and we can help you record it in another way. But yes, we want to have lovely listener stories to round off our episode going forward. And we have a fantastic story to start with by a lovely lady called Charlie, who sent us this. Hiya, my name's Charlie, and I'd love to tell you my favourite Glastonbury experience. So my story happened at the rabbit hole. Um, it was 2011, I think. It was a very wet Glastonbury. I'd heard of the rabbit hole in 2010, um, and I think I'd found it that year on my own, but didn't go in. Um, so I was really keen to go inside. Uh, me and a couple of friends, it was, I think it was quite late. Um, we were looking for somewhere to go that was a bit more dry. So I was like, come on, it's time. Let's go. We're going to go to the rabbit hole. So um, went there and found the entrance, um, had to answer the, the riddle from the white rabbit. We were taken you know, on our hands and knees to crawl through the burrows, um, lit by fairy lights. When we came out, it was in this huge dance space, which I guess was made to look like the White Rabbit's living room. So it had um, lines of washing hung across the room and uh, there was a DJ in there and the floor was like orange with a big black swirl in the middle. It was very cool. So we were partying in there for a while and um, I noticed on the other side of the room, there was this really intimidating looking painting. It was like black and white psychedelic with someone like raising their foot. So um, I said to my friend John, I was like... John, I was like, have a look at this painting. You know, it's looking really weird. Let's go and have a closer look. Anyway, we go over there. We're looking at this painting and then John's staring at the bottom of the painting. And I was thinking, what's he staring at? And then 
he kicks the bottom of the painting and it opens to reveal a secret passageway. So um, we looked at each other and John was like, go in. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Crawled on our hands and knees again through another tunnel. Again, not knowing if we should be going through, not knowing where, where we were going to go to, thinking like, is this real? And we came out into an old cinema. So uh, it was crazy. Again, you know, the feeling of finding the one of the secret places at Glastonbury anyway. And then when you're in the secret place, to then find another secret entrance. But I mean, not even, I mean, the rabbit hole itself, you know, once you know where the entrance is, it's quite obvious. But this is something that, you know, I would assume not many people have, you know, experienced. So yeah, so we, we were in this old cinema and there were a few people in there who are obviously uh, like actors, all dressed up to look like rabbits, um, but proper Alice in Wonderland rabbits in your like, you know, top coat and tails. There was a 1950s film on, you know, um, Calamity Jane so, uh, with a song, I just blew him from the windy city, the windy city is mighty pretty. So that was showing on the screen, which was, you know, trippy. Um, I, I somehow knew the song, so my friend was even more weirded out. <laughs> and... Uh, there was like a small bar at the back which said brandy bar. So one of our friends loves brandy and I went up and I was like, can I have some brandy? <laughs> and the woman behind the bar was like, I'm sorry, we don't serve brandy here. You know, deadpan. Um, and I was like, but but it says brandy bar. And she did this like really theatrical <gasps> look at the sign and I was like, so it does. She was like, one moment. And she just disappeared from sight. Uh, like ducked down under the bar and was just gone for ages. Again, <laughs> um, okay, those kind of things just add to the whole, is this real? Or, is this really happening to us? Kind of feeling. Um, it's just amazing. So um, we spent a bit of time in the old cinema and then we were like, right, okay, let's go back, uh, go back into the like dance room, find everybody and show them. So we went back into the room, found our couple, uh, we only had like two or three friends there, found them and we were like, guys, come on, come and see this. You're not going to believe it. We took them over to the painting <laughs> and the bottom was locked. <laughs> so we were like, no, I swear there was a secret passageway. Um, and I know they believed us because, you know, I think if you've been to Glastonbury, you believe the story. Lots of people who haven't been to Glastonbury definitely think I'm a compulsive liar based on some of the stories that I tell, especially that one. The effort that they must have put into making this old cinema just for a few people to discover it and have this amazing magical experience and an amazing story. Just feel so lucky to have <laughs> found this amazing thing and, and kind of been part of that. I'll definitely be on the lookout for more secret um, entrances this year. But I was just hoping that either one of you had heard of the secret cinema in the rabbit hole or if one of your listeners had, um, had found it even because I, I don't know of anyone else um, who has. So yeah, it would be great to know. Oh, what a great story from Charlie. And you heard the question. She wants to know, have you been down the rabbit hole? Let us know on Twitter if you found a place or any other experience you may have had at the festival at a secret location. And that's it from us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next time. <laughs>